0: Well, welcome to Willow Park Church, and we are delighted that you've joined us this morning for the service, celebrating the goodness of God and all that God is doing in our lives. How's it going for you? Things are starting to reopen. We're feeling optimistic. Things are starting to change. Excited about last week uh, as we gather together with some in-person services. It was so lovely to see people and so good to connect. You know, don't you just love the body of Christ? As we learned last week, the Holy Spirit dwells within us individually but also dwells within us corporate. And there is something lovely about the corporate gathering of the church as we connect and as we worship together and as we pray together, as we break bread and do all the wonderful things that make our faith so meaningful at this time. Well, some great news. I'll be mentioning this again and again. Uh, first of all, the ark is happening in July. So, please, if you know youth, if you know teenagers, tell them to go to the website or their parents to book them into ARC. This is exciting. Down at Pines, ARC will be happening. The program's looking amazing. All the activities are fabulous. And I know that some staff members made a trip down just recently and are getting really excited. And we've also got some. Great surprises down there with the location and with the change. You know, things do change and seasons end and seasons begin. But we know that every time something ends, God births something new and there are new seasons that are taking place. I wonder about you as well. Are new seasons taking place in your life? Are things changing? the Lord speaking to you about how things could be different. Your walk with him, the closeness of God at work in your life. Well, this whole series, I'm being powered up, really has dealt with some of the key areas of us learning to abide in Christ, understanding the ministry and the work of the Holy Spirit, and allowing the Holy Spirit to fully consume our lives. What a a fabulous thought that he comes to consume our lives. That where we feel weak, where we feel as if we can't cope, that his presence is with us. Remember, his presence sealed us at conversion. Sealed. What does that mean? Well, it simply means that he came and authenticated the fact that we are children of God, that we belong to God, that we're secure with God, that we are approved by God. What beautiful words, approved. You are approved by God because God has given you the gift of the Holy Spirit in your life. Your faith is authentic because God has given you the gift of the Holy Spirit in your life. He is with you and you're secure and your future is secure because it is rooted in Jesus. And the seal has come to your heart and said, this individual is a child of God. Anyway, I'm starting to preach, which I always love to do, of course. But really, it's been a blessing. So as we begin our service, let's uh, pray for the Lord's blessing and enjoy the worship. We've got a young worship leader looking forward to this and I know that you'll be encouraged. Father, thank you for all those that have gathered online this morning. And I pray, Lord, that you will encourage them, that you will lead them that you will take them on a spiritual journey and that, Lord, through the ministry of worship and through the ministry of your spoken word, that, God, you will come and touch our hearts. You will come and change us. You will come and transform us in some way that we will have confidence to believe that whatever we're facing in life, God is with us, God loves us, God cares for us and he contends for us. We thank you, Jesus, for all that you have achieved for us and the way that you have brought us into the kingdom of God. We ask all this in the precious name of Jesus amen amen okay let's let's worship
1: hello willow park church i'm jared hannenberg i'm very happy to be here we're going to sing a couple songs for today i encourage you to worship um freely worship the god who loves you Gone is surely in this place. We won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. We worship the God who was. We worship the God who is. We worship the God who evermore will be. You open. Prison doors, he fought in the raging sea. Our God, he holds the victory. Let us join the house of the Lord. God who heals, we have sinned, God who saves, we sing to the God who always makes your way. As He opened upon that cross, and He rolled the stone away, our God. We the prisoners, now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. We won't be quiet. We shout out your praise.
2: that we think you want the things that we think make our faith better Lord let's do it your way instead Holy Spirit help us to hear your voice help us to follow your instructions lead us into all the truth about Jesus. Shake us up, Lord. Shake us up. seven you to make room for the Holy Spirit to do whatever he wants to today. Be prepared that that's going to shake you up. Be prepared that that's going to change maybe what you thought your religion was. But his way is better. Amen. Enjoy the rest of your service.
0: Well, wow, that was great, and it's lovely to see uh, Jared leading us in worship, Jared Hannenberg, who has uh, first time on the Willow Park stage to lead worship online. So we're really pleased and excited that our young worship leaders uh, are being used in that way. Fantastic. What a great way to finish, though, about making room for Jesus in our life. That's exactly. What this whole series has been about. First of all, before we step into communion, can I encourage you that we do need volunteers, lots of volunteers, particularly if we're going to maintain children's ministry Sunday morning, we need volunteers. And can I ask you whether you would consider volunteering and helping us with Kids Church? Not only Kids Church, but we also have camp coming up at the end of July, Kids Camp. This is already full as our current uh, requirements allow from the government and orders, but there there is possibly more opportunity to come. We don't know. But what I do know is that volunteers are really needed to be able to engage in the community, to be able to run our A kids camp in the summer, which is such a blessing for people, for us to enable to run church. Maybe you've been a volunteer, but over the last 16 months, you haven't, of course, volunteered. But now is the time to step in. Now is the time to volunteer again. Now is the time to connect again. It's a wonderful thing to sow into a child's life, to show the love of God, to share the goodness of the Lord. I remember myself always volunteering at Sunday school when I was first converted in my mid-teens. Not only did I do it Sunday morning, but then I went on and did it Sunday afternoon in another part of the city. Those times are still precious in my mind. And even as Michelle and I talk about Sunday school classes that we have led, uh, often on Instagram or Facebook, we get messages from those children who are no longer children, they're mums and dads and and they'll comment and they'll say thank you and they'll say things that are completely out of the blue but really mean a lot. When we volunteer with children, we are given such a precious gift. We are sowing in two lives. So I want to ask you, yeah, I want to ask you to really pray about whether you can step in and get involved, volunteering at the camp, volunteering at Sunday school, kids church, those kind of things, connecting in, we would love that if you would take the time to really make yourself available to do that act of service, that would be fantastic well we've been on a series that has taken us through a journey of understanding the ministry and the work of the Holy Spirit and I want to remind you that the Holy Spirit is God the Holy Spirit is God the Holy Spirit of course is a person not an it or a thing God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit The Holy Spirit is eternal, with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of all truth, brings truth into a life. The Holy Spirit was present and at work at creation. The wonderful thing, that when we look at the world that we live in, we can see the creation. The Holy Spirit was present and breathed and brought the Bible into being as he came upon and flowed through the writers of the scriptures, the Holy Spirit was there. The Holy Spirit, therefore, teaches us truth through scriptures. But there's always a danger. We can easily grieve the Holy Spirit in scripture through our actions and through our dissent and through our division. We can also quench the Holy Spirit by simply saying no. But of course, the Holy Spirit is always there when he convicts us of our sin. And this is poignant as we step into communion because the scripture tells us that we should examine ourselves as we step in to take the communion. Look at our lives. Take stock. Take that moment to examine our lives. The Holy Spirit, of course, is not only present, but it also Guides us in the direction we should go. The Spirit only speaks what the Father tells the Spirit to speak. The Spirit, of course, is the Spirit of prophecy. And through the Bible, we see how the Spirit speaks about things to come and things that will take place. And so we know that the Spirit there glorifies the Father, glorifies the Son. And brings that. The Spirit reminds us of things. Truth, wisdom brings things to our mind. The Spirit gives us power to live our life. The Spirit gives us spiritual gifts which we'll be talking about later on in this series. The Spirit always leads people to Jesus, never away from Jesus. Open your life to the Spirit and you will come closer and closer to Jesus. And the Spirit always speaks and works in our lives by bringing our character, the fruit of the Spirit, and renewing our love of Christ. So as we look at the communion and we take hold of the bread, let us take a moment and do exactly what the Apostle Paul encourages us to do, is to examine ourselves and confess our sins. He even goes on to say that some of you are weak and sick because you've taken it unworthily. In other words, you haven't dealt with lingering things in your life. And some of you even died. Shocking words. But it shows that if we live a life that isn't surrendered wholly to God and God's forgiveness, then it can create many problems. Father, I thank you. And as we look at this bread, we pray and thank you for the death of the Lord Jesus Christ upon the cross. We thank you for the power of Christ that has come to redeem us and to set us free from the burden of sin and to exchange our sinfulness for God's righteousness. Hallelujah. Your body was broken so I can be healed. You paid the price by your body and you paid the price through your blood to redeem us. And we thank you for the bread and for the juice, the wine, as we celebrate communion now. Dear friends, take the bread, the body of Christ, which is broken for you. Eat it in remembrance of him. In the same manner, he took the cup and he poured it out, saying that this is the blood of the new covenant that will atone for the sins of the world. Making it clear that there's a new covenant that has arrived, a different covenant from the covenant of Moses, which was the law, but now there is the freedom and forgiveness. The law could never pay the price, the sacrificial system could never deal with the weight of sin, but only the eternal God and his sacrifice can take away the sins of the world. He took our place so that we may be free. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus that takes away the sins of the world. Amen. Well, we're going to go over and listen to all that's going on in Willow Park Church right now. So get ready and please be aware. But can I remind you to contact us and to volunteer and get involved in changing lives. Thank you so much.
3: Hello, Willow Park Church. My name is Courtney. Whether you're joining us from church online or one of our dwell gatherings, welcome and here's your family news. We are pleased to announce that we will be running our ARC Youth Summer Camps this year at a brand new location at Pines Bible Camp in Grand Forks. Our junior high camp is happening July 5th to 9th, and our senior high camp is July 12th to 16th. Register today at cahoots.ca slash ARC. Registration is now open for our in-person kids camp happening July 26th to 29th. This half day camp will be lots of fun for kids age four to completed grade four, but that's not all. We're also running a preteen adventure camp for kids who have completed grade four or five. This camp is happening in the afternoons on July 26th to 29th and will include activities at the church as well as an off-site adventure every day. At this time, we are looking for at least 30 more volunteers to help make these camps possible. If you can help, please register as a volunteer on the kids' camp or pre-teen camp sign-up forms on our website. Our Willow Park Church campout is happening July 5th to 16th, and we will have special activities planned for all ages July 9th to 12th. There are some tent sites still available, and just in case you're wondering, tents and trailers are both welcome to park in a tent site. Visit our website to register today as space is limited. We are now offering in-person Kids Church at all of our locations. Because Kids Church now coincides with some of our new dwell services, we will need you to register your kids each week. Visit our website at willowparkchurch.com kidschurch for all of the details. Speaking of Kids Church, we are now looking for volunteers at all of our locations. Join the Kids Church team today by signing up at willowparkchurch.com slash kids team. That's all for your family news. Thanks and enjoy your service.
0: Lord Jesus, we thank you that we can gather this morning and declare that you are the Lord of all. We thank you that we can acknowledge your greatness, that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Holy Spirit, we thank you that uh, we have this opportunity to honour you and to lift our hearts towards you and to give you all the praise. We thank you, person of of the Trinity, that you are God, that you are a person, that you are eternal. That you are the spirit of all truth that comes to us. That you are present at creation. You are present breathing the Bible into existence. That you are the spirit that teaches us. We know, Lord, that we can grieve you. We know that we can quench you. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you come and you convict us clearly of the sin that is in our lives. We thank you that you promise to lead us, that you only speak what the words that the Father gives you to speak, that you you have spoken prophetically about the future of this world and humanity, and we know that your words are true before they come from the Father. We thank you that you live to glorify the Father, to glorify the Son, how great you are. How magnificent. You remind us truths. In those key moments, we give you thanks. You give us power, you give us gifts, and you always lead us to Jesus, and you are always changing our character. May the fruit of the Spirit dwell within our lives and renew our heart, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. And if you're joining us online, we want to give you a very warm welcome. Thank you for taking the time to join Willow Park Church. And here we are. We're living in strange times, aren't we? But um, it's wonderful to be able to see such lovely faces, familiar faces, faces I haven't seen for so long. That's really nice. It's really good. Uh, Most of you got lovely faces. Of course, I can't see a lot of you. Um, But that's nice. Twilight, that's nice. You've got a very sparkly mask there. That's very, um, very sparkly. Very good. So I love it. And if you're joining us online, wonderful that you're with us. Now, I did get some amazing news this week. I got an email off the headquarters of our denomination. You know, we're part of a denomination. Very accountable bunch we are. And it said that... Dr. Bonnie Henry had communicated to all the heads of the denomination and that church will return completely on, drum roll, July 1st. So, as <laughs> I said, so I don't know how they're going to do it. I guess we're all going to be uh, I hope, mask-free. Uh, we'll be able to step into this. I mean, uh, the moment I heard this, my heart rate went up a bit, I'll be honest. Because I've, I've lived for 16 months in this weird zone and, and kind of wondering, where is everybody? <clears throat> oh, who are you? Uh, and so on. And yet, and yet we um, will be uh, rebooting, rebuilding, reactivating, something re- And uh, going back and we'll see how how the church is doing. So isn't that great? And I'm happy about that. For all the churches in British Columbia that we are in that situation and are able to do that. Well, we've been talking about the power of the spirit within a believer's life. And we've been talking about the fact, even as I prayed, about the attributes of God, the Holy Spirit. And of course, we've talked about the seal of the Spirit that comes in at conversion. Then not only does the Spirit uh, come close to us, but the Spirit is within us and sealed. Not only do we hear about the Spirit, but we experience the Spirit within our lives. We get the witness of the Holy Spirit at work within us. And that witness is present and that witness is in our hearts. I mean, I wasn't present when Christ was crucified. I wasn't personally present when he rose from the grave. But I believe it without a doubt. That's strange, isn't it? How do I believe it without a doubt? Well, I believe it without a doubt because I have the witness of the Holy Spirit within my heart. And it's the witness, that witnesses to my spirit that tells me that it is true. And we are sealed. Remember, I talked about that sealing. It means in the ancient world, a seal was that moment when something was authenticated and said, it is true, it is from the king. And our salvation has been sealed by the Holy Spirit and it is authenticated by the King. A seal is something that is present that that we know it belongs to somebody. And we belong to the King. We know that a seal is security. That when the King sealed it, nobody could go in there otherwise off with their heads. They would be condemned Uh, you remember the story Daniel in the uh, lion's den it was sealed until the king came back and we are secure in our salvation and it is sealed we know that a seal affirms us and says you are welcome you are in it is the stamp of approval that you are welcome and you are in the kingdom of God that is the seal of the Holy Spirit at work within our lives but I want to remind you that the Holy Spirit is our, that the Lord Jesus Christ is our mediator. I want to go right the way back for this teaching to talk about the desire of Moses for a moment. Uh, previous weeks, I've talked about the work of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament and whole, how the Holy Spirit was present at work within the Old Testament. And it was there and it was, it was limited, it was on certain people and in a certain place. And the Holy Spirit, and yet the prophet spoke of a day when the Holy Spirit would come and move and work. I love this story in Numbers chapter 11. Numbers chapter 11 is a crazy chapter in the book of Numbers. Of course, if you've ever wondered why the book of Numbers exists... Um, because when you read, read it, you read lots of numbers and wonder why, and it can be a little bit tedious. Can I tell you the theological reason why number exists? It exists to remind us that God always provides needs, it's a testimony of God's provision. But in the middle of it, in chapter 11, it talks about how the people started to moan, started to groan, started to grumble, started to really start to think about where they'd come from. And they started to say things like this. Gosh, life was a lot better in Egypt. Oh, it was so much better. It was so much better when we had leeks to eat, when we had garnish, when we had meat and what is Moses doing and all of this? And they started moaning and groaning and moaning and groaning and moaning and groaning. Have you ever met Christians moaning and groaning? It's a dangerous thing, you know. But they were moaning and groaning and Moses was struggling, trying to cope with this great amount of people. Um, 600,000 fighting men. He was trying to be able to, to work with them, but he was exhausted. He was coming to the Lord. The Lord was getting irritated and angry with the people. And the Lord allowed him to take 70 people and to anoint that 70 people so that they could do the work of Moses. Remember this story. Then the Holy Spirit fell on these 70 people, and they started to prophesy, but there were 68 that were with Moses, and two of them didn't get to the meeting. I don't know what happened. Maybe their sat nap didn't work, or maybe they didn't get their memo to come to the meeting, but there were two people that were still in the camp of the Israelites. The Holy Spirit fell on the 68, and they started to prophesy under the power of God, and the Holy Spirit also fell on these two other guys who were lost somewhere in the camp and they were walking around bringing the good news and prophesying the great things of God because the spirit had fallen on them. And then Joshua said, stop them, Moses. These two guys can't just walk around prophesying in the camp, stop them. And Moses looks at Joshua. It's good to know that young leaders even make mistakes. Are you jealous for my sake, he says. Are you jealous for my sake? I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit on them. You see that verse? Moses, the great prophet, the supernova event of the Old Testament, is speaking. And as he's speaking, he's seeing something in the future, something in the future that would happen. And he says, I wish, I long for, I would love it if the Spirit of God would come on all of God's people. That's what's a game changer. That will change everything. That will make the difference. Why? Because when the Spirit of God is upon you, you're not moaning and groaning about what it was like in Egypt. You're not moaning and groaning about how the leadership is useless. You're not moaning and groaning because you've got no leeks to eat. You are celebrating because the Spirit of God is upon you. So he says to him, Not for my sake, but can't you see how the world would be different? If only the Spirit was on all people. If only the Spirit was upon all these people, that would make my job a lot easier, I think he's saying. If they understood, and the Spirit was on all people. You see, first of all, theologically in the Old Testament, we understand that the people would finally be cleansed of their sins. Ezekiel 3:36, verse 25. We know that the prophets were looking forward to the day when God would do something. And of course, when the old covenant was replaced by the new covenant, can I remind you that the only part of the old covenant that was replaced was the part connected to the Moses covenant to do with the law and the sacrificial system because one day the Lamb of God would come and wipe away the sins of the world and we do not need a sacrificial system anymore to be right with God. Why? because Christ did it all upon the cross. But the Abrahamic covenant still is there because all nations will be blessed. The Davidic covenant is still there because from the line of David will come a Messiah that will redeem all people and bring justice and peace and redemption to the world, amen? So sometimes when we just go old and new, we're not quite right there. It's an aspect of the old covenant linked because Jesus became our mediator. He inaugurated the moment of policy change in heaven that brought about a global change that would make a difference in this world. So it's no longer about the law on the stones or the law in the Torah, it's about this is a beautiful scripture. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It will not be like any covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them out of the hand to lead them out of Egypt. Because they broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them, I declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel after that, declares the Lord. I will put a my law in their minds and write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Now what do you think that means? That I will write it in your heart? That I will be their God and they will be my people. And I will put my law in their minds and write it in their hearts. In other words, rather than it's just being a rules or traditions or sacrificial processes that we go through, there is coming a time when the Holy Spirit will come to each one of us and God will write the way of the kingdom of God, the way of his joys, the way of his commandments into your life, into your mind, into your heart, where you will be able to perceive, where you will be able to connect, where it's not just here is the knowledge, but it's something Deeper as you commune, as you fellowship, as you love, as you come intimate with Christ, and that joy of the Lord fills your life. It's not just out there; it is now in here, written in your hearts. You can feel the prophet, can't you? You can see it. You can see it. He feels it, and. When Jesus came, he opened up the scriptures in Luke's gospel and he began his great manifesto. And he began his campaign to redeem humanity. And what were his opening words? From Isaiah 61, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor and proclaim freedom to the captive. The Spirit is upon me. And every opportunity, he got the moment to get the message out. Big opportunities. You know how they do that in culture, don't you? You know, we all talk about the Super Bowl. Well, you do. I don't so much. I talk about English football beating Croatia today. Amen. But we all talk about the Super Bowl. And what do we talk about? Well, what was the adverts at the halftime break for the Super Bowl? Who sang at the Super Bowl? Is it Lady Gaga? Is it, um, I don't know, now my pop culture is useless. I start naming them and I'm going back into the 80s. But that prime spot to declare the message that they want to get out or the prime spot in the World Cup in the half time. Or the prime spot currently in the soccer with the European Cup. If you didn't know there's a championships going on in Europe. At that prime moment declaring Jesus took every opportunity because he promised his disciples that they would receive the Spirit and they would minister by the power of the Spirit. And at the Feast of Tabernacles, at the end of September, the beginning of October, when the harvest was brought in, they would celebrate the goodness of God that they had a harvest. They would celebrate the rain that came from the sky and gave God the glory for that. They would build a shelter to remind them of the 40 years that they wandered around the wilderness. And as they wandered around, they had a shelter and a tent temp- and families build shelters. Jewish families build shelters and they sleep in it to remind themselves that once they were traveling and moving on this great harvest festival of celebrating the pilgrimage where there was a shelter, Jesus stood up and he said, I have come that you may have life, but I have come to. Give you living waters. Living water within you. He didn't miss it. He spoke about a new living water they and the, later on, because the Feast of Tabernacles is when they used to burn torches in the temple. And at the end of the morning, they'd blow out all the torches and all of the lights. And you could smell the burning oil and the smoke in the air. And Jesus said, I am the light of the world. I am. And then at Passover, in the spring, he came forward. He said, I, have, I must leave but I am going to send you a helper. Another Super Bowl moment event when they celebrated the Passover of the angel that came to, to bring judgment to the firstborn of Egypt and smote the firstborn of the Egypt. It was there that Jesus declared, I am bringing a helper. You are not going to be a lion. You are not going to struggle. In the future generation, I'm inaugurating something that is amazing. And at the point of his ascension, he spoke and said, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift of my Father promise, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. But you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and unto the ends of the earth. And after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes in a cloud hid from their sight. See, Jesus inaugurated a new covenant... When he died and rose on the third day, he inaugurated the fact that the sins of the world were dealt with. And on the day of Pentecost, he inaugurated that every believer would receive the power of the Holy Spirit as a seal within their lives. The baptism that would be present at that moment. And therefore, we can step forward into the daily power of the Holy Spirit within our lives. Hebrews makes it clear that he's the mediator. He's present. He inaugurates something beginning, the new beginning. And Jesus is the new covenant mediator who baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. So let's get here now. Then John the Baptist gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on Him. Have you ever noticed the word remain? You can read this passage a hundred times and not notice the word remain on Him. The Holy Spirit remained. Obviously, the Holy Spirit was very comfortable remaining on Jesus. Why? Well, because, of course, He was... Son of God, why because there was nothing in Jesus that would offend the Holy Spirit, it remained on him in his humanity, gave him that power, gave him that strength, it remained on him. The word is used twice, in fact. And I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, The man whom you see the Spirit come down and remain. Is the one who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. It wasn't unusual to see the Holy Spirit come down on people and then lift off them, it would remain on them and lift off them. Think of Samson. It would remain on him and then he made a little deal with Delilah and the Spirit lifted off him. But it would remain on him. What is really interesting here? Is that the tense of how this is described? I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him, and I myself did not know him. But the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, The man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The way that the Greek is constructed there is really interesting. Because it is a it is continuously, will continuously baptize you with the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? It means that he inaugurates a change of Policy And now, for the time being, for the future events up until this day, that people will receive the Holy Spirit. And Jesus is the giver of the Holy Spirit. And part of his mediation, in the same way that he gives us the ongoing work of forgiveness of sins, he gives us the ongoing presence and power of the Holy Spirit. So when somebody gives their life to Jesus and they repent of his sins... Jesus gives them two gifts. He gives them the forgiveness of sins and he mediates to them the seal and the power of the Holy Spirit. And the way that it's constructed is quite simple. The next day John saw Jesus coming towards and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He continues to take away the sins of the world. Isn't that true for you and I? That he continues to take away the sins of us. I'm so pleased about that, aren't you? Because you may have made it to sinless perfection, but I haven't. I need forgiveness every day. We all need forgiveness every day, don't we? But let us pop back for a moment. Have you noticed that in the four Gospels... A word is repeated again in all four gospels, and that word is the dove. And the Holy Spirit descended on Jesus like a dove. Doves are really interesting. Have you ever looked into doves? Can I just say that a dove is not a pigeon? Pigeons are in the same family as doves, but pigeons and doves are completely different. You see, a pigeon is greedy. A pigeon swarms around. A pigeon, well, they're just everywhere, aren't they, in cities? You go to big cities, they're pigeons. They're just annoying. They mess everywhere. A dove is sensitive. Do you know that, Doug, that doves are monogamous? That they take a partner for life? A pigeon's not. A pigeon's definitely not. A pigeon will go with anybody, even the cat. But the dove is monogamous, is sensitive, is unique. And so it's not surprising that that the, the Lord chooses the dove. You see, the thing about a dove is that a dove will comes and rests. But you've got to be very gentle about a dove. When it arrives in your garden, there's a dove. It's there. You see, the thing about the person of the Holy Spirit is that the person of the Holy Spirit is hypersensitive. Now, in a human being, being hypersensitive is a problem. Have you ever met hypersensitive people? I mean, you've got to tiptoe around hypersensitive people. You've got to watch what you say. And being a human being and being hypersensitive is not very good because they can react, they can be upset, they can take offence easily. It's not, it is actually a syndrome, something with hypersensitivity. It's something that is real, it's something that exists and people that have it have to realise that they've got it and they have to adjust because they feel things so profoundly and so deeply that it really hurts them. But when God, the person of the Holy Spirit is hypersensitive. Hypersensitive to our sin. Hypersensitive to our attitudes. Hypersensitive. And Christians wonder why they don't experience the presence ongoing of the Holy Spirit. It's often because, let me explain it this way. There's a well known story of uh, some British missionaries that went to Jerusalem and they ministered in Jerusalem. And when they were in Jerusalem, they rented a house, it was lovely. And they noticed that when they arrived, a dove moved into the house. And this was amazing, and, and the husband said to the wife, have you noticed this dove is always here? And the wife said, yeah, I take it as a sign that the Lord is with us as his blessing, that we've got a dove in our house. Well, that's a lovely sign. And she says, but do you notice that when we argue and you slam the door, and you get frustrated, and I get frustrated and argue that the dove flies off? And she says, yes. I'm worried that the dove will fly off and never come back. So the husband goes, well, the dove will either have to adjust to us or we're going to have to adjust to the dove. But the point is the Holy Spirit won't adjust to our misbehavior. We've got to adjust to the dove. Otherwise the spirit flies off. You say, oh, this is a bit intense, fast to fill. I'm not talking about losing your salvation because you were sealed with your salvation. I'm talking about losing the anointing, losing the sense of a certainty, losing that sense within your heart when you love God. Do you know those moments when you're driving along in the car and you're just worshipping God and you're just full of joy, full of thanksgiving? You're the happiest chappy in the world and you're just singing the praises of the Lord and the glory of the Lord is on you and God is at work within you. And boy, you are so blessed. You know those times? But suddenly those times disappear and you can go for a long time and turn around and realize that I've lost that sweet joy, intimacy of the Lord. It's almost as if the dove's gone. It's flown off. Somebody cuts you off in the car and you react and you get so mad and so angry. Is it possible that the dove isn't remaining on you? When you face those Costco lines and what you feel inside, you're convinced that this line's going to last for at least three days and all you want is some salmon and you're there. I know what it's like. I sometimes have felt the dove fly off me. I know this is hard for you to hear. That I'm not perfect. But I have a little bicker, a little argument with Michelle. You know, Ooh, I've got to do this, I've got to do that. I'm a bit frustrated. I snap for a moment. Shut the door and the wind catches it and it bangs rather hard. I go to my office, I've got to prepare a sermon and I can't think of anything. I can't do anything. It's like, oh, this is rubbish. And, the, it's gone. and I go back home and I come in and I just say, I am so sorry. It is my fault. I'm an idiot. Forgive me. Do you know what happens? You go back and carry on preparing your sermon. It's like you've got a personal connection with the power of God. And the sermon is, you do more in five minutes than you did in five hours. Why? Because the dove remains on you. Mm, You say, Phil... It makes me a bit nervous because I'm going to have to live my life with an awareness that my actions, my words, my attitudes can grieve the Holy Spirit. And babies speak the truth because it does. Hmm, you say, really? And do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So it's not talking about your sealing, it's talking your grieving. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander. Along with every form of malice, be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgive each other just as Christ God forgave you. So how do I keep the dove, the presence of the Holy Spirit at work within my life? I determine to be kind. I determine to be passionate. I determine to forgive one another. I determine... To bring forgiveness at the core of my life and live as a person of kindness, a person of forgiveness, a person of grace. But when I allow bitterness to rule me. The dove flies off. Is it possible... That a Christian can be sealed here and go for days, weeks, months, years, having lost that connection with the anointing of the Holy Spirit and grieved because they're living with unforgiveness, they're living with anger. They're living with bitterness. They have good theology. Although you could argue that point. They have knowledge. They have Christian pedigree. But something has created a root of bitterness that has stopped the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Whereas we've got to determine to be a people that go, okay, somebody's offended me. I choose not to react. I choose, even without them knowing, to forgive. I let it go. Somebody has offended me. I choose to not intimidate them by my words and my actions. I choose not to be rude and ignorant or ignore them. They've offended me, yes. But I've chosen to not act in a way of offense. And when I'm around them, you know how people that you've upset and when you're around them, they really string it out and they sort of intimidate you by their attitude? Honestly, that kind of behavior, the Holy Spirit goes. He's hypersensitive. I choose that when somebody offends me and hurts me, I choose to forgive. As Christ hung upon the cross, he said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. I choose to do that. I choose not to rub it in their faces when they failed me. You know how we like to do that? Ooh, I'll oh, make you let me down. Da- Ooh, there. Oh, let me just remind you what a complete failure you are. Oh, oh. You, have you not read the story of Joseph? He could have rubbed it in the face of his brothers, but he turned away and wept and came back and blessed them. He blessed them. We love to rub it in people's faces. This has to be our daily practice. This has to. We have to be prepared to bless people, even when they've created bitterness. Bless them. Bless them. Bless them. That's why I worry about many Christians, because they have very strong opinions theologically, but they're grieving the Holy Spirit because of the way that their rage and their anger is against others. The moment I realized this is the moment I became a better husband. The moment I realized this is the moment I started to keep my mouth shut. The moment I realized this is the moment that I decided to take the verse that that Jordan read from uh, 1 Corinthians 13, and not just take it, but memorize it, and speak it to myself 50 times a day, until I got it into my brain. Because none of us want to grieve the Holy Spirit, do you? But the beauty is, is that he comes, and fills us, and He's with us and strengthens us. Let's finish here. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. He's now the mediator. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Jesus mediates the forgiveness of sins Going forward into his return, he mediates the work of the Holy Spirit and seal until he returns. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off and for all who the Lord our God will call. Maybe Moses was sat in heaven. He was listening to Peter preach this message and he's going, amen, brother, amen. And Moses' beard is flapping in the heavenly winds and he's banging his heavenly staff. And he's going, Good message, Peter. Good message. And then he uses this line for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. Moses would have just about fallen off his seat because that's all he ever wanted that everybody far off would receive the blessing of the Spirit. So what do you do with this? Always confess. And learn to take the moment you grieve the Spirit, learn to watch for that. And let the grieving the Spirit and the confession, a week later, five days later, Get gets shorter two days later and shorter, two hours later and shorter, two minutes. And that's how you will live with the anointing of the Holy Spirit on you. Keeping it tight. Hallelujah. He'll give you that power. So confess eagerly. And when you feel it fly off, you feel the wind as the bird (laughs) flies off, fall on your knees and repent. And you'll see your life transformed. You'll see the Lord work in you. Father, thank you for all of your goodness and thank you that we're here in the house. We're able to celebrate the goodness of God We're able to think about the wonders of having a spirit-filled life. And so, Father, I pray that you will bless each one of us and give us the courage to do the inventory of the heart, confess the grievances that we have, and to bring forgiveness and joy in our lives. We pray for family members and loved ones who are living in offense, Life's tough, goes in all kinds of different ways, all kinds of moving parts that collide and crash. But friends, the way of forgiveness is the way to move forward. Father, help us to live that way, I ask. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together.